This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. She's a preacher's daughter with a voice drenched in soul. But behind Tony Braxton's sultry voice is a powerful story of success and loss. Tony's career started with an impossible choice. She had to decide between upholding her family's band, The Braxtons, and accepting a solo record deal. She chose the deal and suffered decades of tension with her sisters. Despite her torn relationship with her family, Tony's career took off and her runaway hit, Unbreak My Heart, launched her into superstardom. But even though her record sold hundreds of thousands of copies, Tony did not profit from her fame and struggled to pay her bills. Tony was forced to declare bankruptcy and was publicly scrutinized. After starting a family of her own, Tony focused on reviving her music career and, in the process, encountered more personal and financial losses while working herself nearly to death. But through rekindling her relationship with her sisters, Tony was able to find the strength to pick herself back up and reclaim her spot on the charts. Throughout a lifetime of adversity, she has proven herself to be the unstoppable queen of R&B. This is Toni Braxton, the story behind the music. My sisters, everybody's my family. It's September 2012, and Toni Braxton is in Vancouver, Canada giving her mother and sisters a tour on the set of her new television movie. I fall, I do a stunt. I fall. <laughs> Tony is now balancing acting with music. Look at that. She has a whole chain. She has proven to be the ultimate survivor, constantly adapting to overcome career obstacles. It's so much to hold on to that fame and that glitter. When you get into the business, it's really easy in comparison to how hard it is to hold on to it and maintain it and keep it going. That's the toughest part of all of it. Okay. Can't be late you. on the set. Yay. I know that right now. If you get hung up on all the things that's happened to you, that's where you'll be stuck. And I, I never want to be stuck in my life. Okay, I gotta go. I'm so happy. Wait. See you, Mama. Mm-hmm. So Tony Michelle Braxton was born in 1967 in Severn, Maryland, a suburban enclave just outside of Baltimore. She was the first child of devout Christian parents who enforced a rigid set of rules on Tony and her four sisters and brother. 
I had a very strict upbringing. My dad was a minister. We were very religious. We were really deep in what we believe in our religion, and so that's basically what we taught our kids. It was all about church, 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 church. I couldn't listen to secular music because that was worldly. I couldn't go to the movies. You know, the same religious people that live across the street, or the girl in your science class is really religious and creeps you out. Yeah, I was that kid. As an aspiring opera singer, Tony's mother filled their home with music. We were the kids that were singing in the house all the time. Our friends was outside playing. We were singing. I was a little old thing, and I had to go to the bathroom. And so I was sitting on the commode, and there was no more toilet paper. And I just started singing, Somebody give me some toilet paper. We all said it in harmony. Somebody give me some toilet paper. And my mom said, oh my god. My kids have talent. I don't know if I was shocked or just happy that they finally got it. It may have been over toilet paper, but they got it. And right away, she began to make us sing together and formed a group called the Braxton Family. To foster her children's talent, Tony's mother started coaching them. Okay, go sit on the step. Creating a demanding vocal boot camp where a flat note meant sharp punishment. If we didn't sing our notes right, we got a little slap. My mom was no joke. She's like, if you're going to do it, you're going to do it right. She would really slap the piss out of you if you tried to talk back. What are you singing? That's wrong. You know what you're doing. What are you doing? I told you not to sing that note. I made very sure that they were serious about it. We would practice for what? All day long, from sunup to dinner time. But it forced us to be perfectionists. It is what it is. I mean, that's why they're so good now. Practice. Good job. By the time she was 15, Tony was honing her gospel chops, singing with her sisters in local churches. But as Tony entered her teens, she discovered pop and R&B music, and she secretly developed a taste for the forbidden. I started sneaking to listen to the radio. Then I remember that I love Rick James. I loved Rick James. Oh my God. I remember my mom heard me singing, and I got in so much trouble. Oh my God, it's like, oh, you're gonna go to hell, listen to that worldly music. You know, baby, I love you. No, they could not sing that at that time. I just wanted to sing, but I didn't want to sing gospel music. I just wanted to get away from it because when you're a teenager, parents are making you do something, so of course you fight against it. In the summer of 83, Tony graduated high school and left home for Bowie State University just a few miles away. Against her parents' wishes, she began to pursue a singing career of her own, performing at local clubs. I would sing all over the city, and that's when I started meeting people, and my world started open, opening up a little bit. In 1989, Tony was discovered by aspiring producers Ernesto Phillips and Bill Petaway, who had worked with Millie Vanilli, and she agreed to record some demos. Her voice just had something very special. She said, people used to tell me I sound like a man. I said, well, you know, it's going to work to your favor. During the sessions, Tony suggested having her sisters sing backup on one of the tracks. And he was like, wow. And I said, Jackson 5, Braxton 5. That's how we're going to do it. And he said, I can get you a deal much faster with all your sisters. Within a few months, the Braxton sisters were offered a deal with Arista Records. The Braxton clan, we was jumping up and down. We were excited. You know, we were like, oh my goodness, we're going to be singing superstars. We're going to be a singing sensation. In 1990, Good Life was released as the Braxton's first major label single. But it wasn't the hit they were hoping for. It 
did absolutely nothing. I sold three copies. My mom, my dad, and my grandmom. <laughs> the label was considering dropping them. So they passed the Braxtons on to the up-and-coming production team of L.A. Reed and Babyface, who had just founded a boutique offshoot of Arista called LaFace Records. The group was talented. I had just had a particular fascination for Tony. She felt more like a solo artist opposed to being a girl that should be in a girl group. A few days later, Tony received a phone call that would force her to make a painful choice between family and career. A manager called me up one day and he said, good news. L.A. and Babyface loved you guys. You think you guys are super talented. Um, but bad news is he doesn't want to sign your sisters. He wants to sign just you. And I remember going, what do you mean he just wants to sign me? I remember thinking, what are my sisters going to think? How are they going to feel? How are my parents going to feel? I remember feeling devastated. There was some sulking going on. There were some tears. I remember my mom saying, the devil is raging. The devil is trying to break up our family. She had tough decisions to make because of the sisters, and she wasn't so keen on moving away from them. And I remember that I called my manager and told him no. I told Babyface, and then I said no. But Tony's sister, Tracy, tearfully pushed her to reconsider. She was crying, bawling, I'm bawling, and she said, you know what, maybe you can go put out a record, and then you can come back and get us. I was like, Tony, go ahead, do it. I want you to. I said, but I know you. I know you, Tony, you're not going to leave us behind. And I said, okay, Tracy, maybe I can do that. And I made that my vow that I would do that. 23-year-old Tony reluctantly signed the contract with LaFace and relocated from Baltimore to Atlanta to work with L.A. Reid and Babyface. We kind of always thought she's the younger Anita Baker. We knew that, you know, there was something that was there. Tony's first single, Love Should Have Brought You Home, was included in the Boomerang soundtrack and it rose to number two on the R&B charts. From there, my career went from zero to 60 and six months, it completely changed. In July of 93, Tony released her self-titled debut album. She did every single thing we asked her to do, every promotion, every little club, every little bar, and the result was that she became hugely successful. The album rose all the way to the top of the charts and went on to sell an incredible 10 million copies worldwide. It was an incredible roller coaster ride. I remember the feeling is sometimes I look back on it and I can't believe that that actually happened to me. That was that fortunate, that blessed. We called her the first lady of LaFace. She was our diva. That was our girl. Clive had Whitney, Tommy and I had Mariah, and we had Tony and we were proud. In March of 94, Tony won her first three Grammys, including one for Best New Artist. But as Tony's career took off, she was filled with guilt for leaving her sisters behind. I could never enjoy my career. It was always guilt when I won my first Grammy, American Music Awards, all those moments, I always felt guilty. My mom would say, yeah, that's great, but don't forget about your sisters. So it made me feel that I could never be happy. And that guilt I took with me for the rest of my career. Coming up, Tony nearly passes on her signature song. And then Tony faces off against Oprah. When Behind the Music continues. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, 
Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. I could never accept it and feel comfortable and happy with myself. Because here I am with all this success. How can I not help my sisters? So Tony hired her sisters as background singers, put them on payroll, and brought them along on tour. She's going to make sure we're in the same hotel she's in and the best of hotels and the best of cars and the best of everything. Tony was definitely spoiling us. We was living a life. Tony even pushed LaFace Records to sign her sisters to a deal. We signed to LaFace Records because Tony was signed to LaFace Records. And I was so happy. Yay, they got signed. It's going to happen for them. But it never did happen. The Braxton's one and only album peaked at 113 on the charts. Next thing I knew, Tawanda moved back to Maryland. Trina's pregnant with her son. I'm like, what happened to us being superstars? It was a mess. Just a mess. That's not good. That made me feel more guilt. Maybe I should have helped them more. I always felt like whatever I gave wasn't enough. And I often wonder if I had stayed, could I have changed it? Meanwhile, Tony's career was in the stratosphere. In June of 96, she released her second album, Secrets. It quickly went platinum, fueled by the hit single, You're Making Me High, which featured a much sexier image for Tony. It just gave her a different kind of swagger. That was a part of who she is, but people just hadn't seen it. I'm 5'2". Nothing about me, I think, is sexy, meaning I don't have long legs, I don't have big boobies. But I always wanted to be sexy. I always felt sexy deep down inside. So I said, I'm just going to do it. It's going to be who I am. How high is that split? I'll take it. <laughs> You're Making Me High became Tony's first number one single, but her next hit would take her to heights she could never imagine. Unbreak My Heart was a mournful ballad about love lost, written by legendary hitmaker Diane Warren. I remember sitting at the piano and went to the key change from the verse to the chorus. It was like, whoa, 
this is pretty cool. When I heard it, I went crazy and said, oh my God, this is a monster. This is a monster record. But when Tony first listened to the song, she wasn't feeling it. Hated it. Did not like it. I just didn't get it. So yeah, okay, it's a little Disney. I don't get it. L.A. calls me, you have to do this song. Do this song. I promise you, it would be the biggest song of your career. Ta-da. <laughs> he was right. Unbreak My Heart topped the pop charts in December of 96 and became the second highest selling single by a female artist in history. No one had a song better than Unbreak My Heart at that moment. I mean, no one. 11 weeks at number one, it was like just lightning in a bottle. I was so glad I was wrong. I'm so glad. <laughs> by the end of 97, Tony had become one of the most successful female artists of the decade, selling more than 20 million records she was still waiting on her financial rewards. She just felt as though she was just working and just working and working and no money. I knew I was due to get this great, wonderful <laughs> royalty statement because I knew what I'd sold, but it was less than $2,000. Excuse me? I didn't understand what the hell that meant. I immediately called my business manager and said, what does this mean, what is this about? Her deal was a beginner's deal, I call it. I hate to say this, a slave contract. Not intentionally, but that's what they do. As she delved into her finances, Tony says she learned that heavy promotion and overhead costs included in her contract were making it impossible for her to turn a profit. When they put you in those limos and give you those wonderful dresses and the great budgets, so beautiful, it's all recouped, meaning they get their money back for all those things they purchased for you to look like a star and you get what's left over after you've paid them back. This is normal, this is how the record business is, this is the norm. That's what I was told. In December of 97, Tony sued Arista and LaFace Records, demanding a larger portion of her album profits. But when the label refused to budge, Tony found herself broke and in career limbo. I have no money, this isn't good. How am I gonna pay my own personal bills? My business manager said, we're gonna have to file bankruptcy. And I don't think I've ever seen her cry so hard. It was the pain that people she trusted would do this to her. Tony was now at odds with the mentors who had signed her, L.A. Reed and Babyface. There were other people in here saying that, you know, you can't trust us and, and you can't talk to them. And I remember just, sort of being in a very strained relationship and, and sad about it, very sad about it. There was bad management. Someone wasn't watching closely, and we were being blamed for it. Like, he said, it's your fault, and you did a bad deal. And I can only say that as a joint venture, our hands were tied. If we could, we would have given you the check immediately, but we weren't in a position to. When news of her bankruptcy reached the press, Tony was vilified and portrayed as a star who had overspent on her lavish lifestyle. It wasn't like she was spending and spending, and yes, she was taking care of her sisters, but we wasn't getting cars and homes and, and things like that. Tony says the backlash came to a head during an appearance on The Oprah Winfrey Show in March of 98. She was so freaking mean to me. I, I was in shock. I couldn't believe it, because I loved her so much. I admired her and looked up to her. And she pretty much reprimanded me. She says to me, I hear you have Gucci flatware. I'm a Winfrey and I don't have Gucci flatware. You ain't got Gucci flatware because you didn't want to buy it. It's not because you couldn't afford it. What do you mean? And immediately, she made me feel 
this big, this big. That moment completely changed my career. It made people look down on me. And things only got worse. Within weeks of declaring bankruptcy, Tony's home and most prized possessions were seized by creditors. They come and assess your property, and everything has a value. And I learned that Grammys have a value. American Music Awards, all those things. And they came and put a price tag on them to be auctioned. I remember feeling humiliated like I've never been humiliated in my life, like I was standing there completely naked, and everyone was looking at me. After being one of the most successful artists of the decade, Tony was left with nothing. I called my mom, and my mom wanted me to come home. You can always come home. Don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. It's in God's hands. And I just remember crying and crying. Mm. Coming up, Tony finds love in the midst of turmoil. When Behind the Music continues. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. In 1998, Tony Braxton was in the midst of a bitter contract dispute with her record label. Despite being one of the top-selling female artists of the 90s, she was forced to file for bankruptcy. I didn't know where my career stood at that moment. I had no idea what I was going to do next. She was so down and depressed and embarrassed. Tony found support from her family and an old friend. She'd met Carrie Lewis years earlier when his group Mint Condition was the opening act on her tour, and the two had remained close. 
Carrie was definitely my rock. Coming from the music business, he understood, so he would give me encouragement to get through it. He kept me positive. We were really close friends for a while, and then eventually, one day, we both kind of realized that we meant a little bit more to each other than just being friends. He didn't care about what I had and what I didn't have. He just wanted to get near me and spend time with me, and it was great. After a two-year courtship, Tony and Carrie were married in April of 2001. And on their wedding day, Tony shared a huge surprise. We had just walked down the aisle. She gave me her wedding gift, and it was a, a rattle, a baby's rattle. He said, what, what, what is this? And I said, I'm pregnant, you're going to be a dad. And he was so excited. And I was like, oh, my God. I was the happiest person on earth. Seven months later, Tony and Carrie had their first son, Denim. The best feeling was once my son got here. But still, I am pretty much the principal breadwinner, so I have to figure out a plan for my family. Tony's contract dispute with LaFace and Arista had finally been settled, and she signed a new $20 million contract. The judge pretty much made them pay me, and I was able to reassume my loan for my condo and buy back my Grammys and my other awards and my clothes. <laughs> so that was good. Tony tried to put the bitterness behind her as she reunited with L.A. Reid and Babyface to record her third album, The Heat. But their relationship would never be the same. It was a little challenging doing that album because the relationship had been pooed upon a bit. So are we completely comfortable? There's a little bit of animosity on both sides. But the album put Tony back on top. The first single, He Wasn't Man Enough, hit number two on the pop charts. It made me know that people were in my corner and they loved me and they loved my music. In early 2002, 34-year-old Tony began work on her fourth album, More Than a Woman, hoping to build on her career comeback. But a few months before the album's scheduled release, Tony learned that she was expecting her second child. Now, the label was definitely a little bit upset. Now, here we are, we worked through the bankruptcy, we've paid this chick all this money, and now she's pregnant. <laughs> okay. Tony fought with the label over how to deal with her pregnancy. And as a result, the album got little promotion. It ended up selling less than 500,000 copies. More Than a Woman was a flop-flop. It was a flop like I've never seen a flop. In April 2003, Tony decided she wanted out of her contract with Arista and LaFace. I allowed people to put things in my ear to say, oh, they're not feeling you anymore. They want to drop you. I wasn't having a lot of communication with Tony, and it was a very, very tough time. I should have taken the time to call L.A. and Kenny and talk about it, and I didn't do that. That was not good. I ruined my relationship with them. My professional family disintegrated. I felt that I had a point to prove because I wanted to show my record label that I can do things other than you. Approaching 40 with two children to support, Tony decided she needed to shake up her career. Her husband, Carrie Lewis, became more involved in her management. And she made a bold move to Las Vegas to do a nightly show at the Flamingo Hotel with her sisters singing backup. Vegas was a wonderful experience, and it was supposed to be a six-week run. It ended up being a little short of two years. We were sold out just about every single night, and it was stability for Tony. It enabled me to spend time with my kids, and that was a great part. It allowed me to be a parent and a performer. While she was in Vegas, Tony began to worry about her youngest son, Diesel, who was having developmental difficulties. 
I knew something was wrong. As a mom, you can tell. She noticed that Diesel didn't have a lot of eye contact, and she was like, something's not right. He was eventually diagnosed with autism. The first thought was, okay, at least I know what it is. Then afterwards, this, oh my God, my kid has autism because I knew nothing about it. There were times when we were on stage and she would be singing a song and she would start talking about her son and she would just break down and cry. She just cried in front of her audience and we just felt so helpless. To make matters worse, Tony was soon facing health issues of her own. On stage in April of 2008, she started experiencing heart palpitations. One day I'm on stage and I thought my heart was gonna pounce out of my body. It's like stopped beating for a second. She says she felt incredible pressure on her chest like an elephant was on her chest. And I told my husband, Carrie, I have to go to the emergency room right now. They took me in immediately, did all these tests and said, she's having a heart attack. It was the scariest moment. What do you mean I'm having a heart attack? What do you mean I'm having a heart attack? They were like, oh yeah. This is, this is very serious. It took a lot of time and a lot of tests and a lot of doctors to figure out what was going on. Once she was stabilized, Tony received a shocking diagnosis. Did blood work on all this stuff and came back and said she has lupus. Lupus is an autoimmune disorder that slowly attacks the body's internal organs, including the heart, and it can be fatal. It was extremely scary. We had no idea what was going to happen. Tony was confined to bed rest for several months, forcing the cancellation of her Vegas show. When the insurance company refused to cover the losses, Tony was left on the hook for all of the show's expenses. Tony got sued from the lighting company, the flooring company, and everyone else. Ailing and bedridden, Tony found herself facing yet another financial disaster. I had to file a bankruptcy. I couldn't pay all those creditors for the show. I got tired of hearing the bankruptcy, the bankruptcy, the bank. Shut up. What would you do if you were in her place? What would you do? I felt like everyone was saying, I told you so, I told you so. See, she spent the money the first time, she's spending it the second time. Oh, God. I was disappointed that I had to file it. And actually, I was angry at myself. I can't believe I'm back in this situation. Facing the burden of health issues and financial insecurity, Tony's marriage to Carrie Lewis began to suffer. I think when you work together in the same business, it's very hard on a, on a relationship. It's so very difficult to turn on the husband hat and turn off the manager and differentiate between the two. There was not a lot of differentiating, and it needed to be. You grow in different paths. And that started happening before I got ill. And once I got ill, it just presented itself as, okay, look, it's, we need to work on ending this. We still love each other, but we have to accept that that's not working. For the sake of their children, Tony and Carrie decided not to file for divorce, but their marriage was over and Tony was heartbroken about it. I had to figure out a plan for my life that had nothing to do with him. I was just angry at everybody. I couldn't believe that this was happening to me. And I felt that I was a person who was dealing with a lot of struggles, and here comes another one. Lupus for me is a little bit of a challenge some days. There are good days and bad days. I get chronic fatigue episodes sometimes. I find it most difficult trying to perform. I can do show spot dates here and there, but I haven't tested it consecutively during a tour. In 2011, Tony made another bold career move agreeing to appear in a reality TV series. Braxton Family Values quickly became a huge success. 
there would be no Braxton Family Values without Tony Braxton. I take my hat off to her for giving us this gift because it's a precious gift that she gave us. It was Tony's way of making good on the promise she made years earlier to help her sisters build their own careers. She put us on this platform to make sure that we can follow our dreams, that we can have our own identity now. We get to be ourselves and enjoy each other and get paid for it. Isn't that the best job ever? It definitely makes me feel like, okay, I'm helping my family. But then I discovered that they really didn't need any help because they were so super talented. Tony's biggest priority is being the mother of her two boys. Her son Diesel has made great strides dealing with autism, and Tony has become an advocate for early diagnosis and treatment. I became heavily involved in autism, and I learned that early diagnosis changes everything. Diesel is nine years old now. He's in regular school with typical peers. If you walked in this room, you'd never know. In early 2012, Tony returned to the studio to record new music for the first time in three years. Her single, I Heart You, reached number one on the dance charts, proving that Tony's fans are still with her. Tony's a star. Both L.A. and I are very proud of Tony and, and what she has accomplished in her career. I'm not sure where I'm headed, but I know I'm going forward. She's a strong, extremely a strong woman. Tony's just an eagle. She's, she's going to soar and to spread her wings and just fly. She's still one of today's R&B superstars, point blank and a period, and there's nobody or nothing that can take that away from her. She's still Tony Braxton, bitch. In the past, I used to dream about my future and my career, but now I've decided I'm gonna live in the moment and enjoy it. I forgot to enjoy the moments. I feel that God blessed me with this talent and I wanna sing and enjoy my life. And I understand I may not be able to do it the way I did it 10, 20 years ago, but I can still do it. Tony Braxton's career comeback is one of the most moving stories in music history. In 2014, Tony was able to repair the falling out that defined her early career by releasing an album with her former producer, Babyface. The collaborative project titled Love, Marriage and Divorce won the Grammy Award for Best R&B Album. Tony has continued to support and guide her sister's ventures, including producing her sister's reality TV show, Tamar and Vince. Even while encouraging her family's successes, Tony is still growing her personal legacy as an acclaimed R&B legend. Despite decades of challenges, Tony has proven to be a fighter, and her powerful voice will inspire artists for years to come. Listen to Behind the Music on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Want more episodes? You can watch Remastered, Best of the Vault, and new episodes of Behind the Music, only on Paramount+. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake Kits 
LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 